Welcome to the Unborn Movement by Words to Inspire. We invite you to be informed, to be involved, and to be in prayer. On these podcasts, you'll hear stories from women and men who tell of the damaging after effects of legal abortion, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Such a dark stain on our nations around the world. The ripple effect on moms, dads, grandparents, and siblings impacts not only this generation, but generations to come. We are committed to also telling you through these dynamic stories about the amazing grace of our Heavenly Father. He offers love, forgiveness, and restoration to all who call on Him. We pray that every podcast highlights God's healing grace. And now today's podcast. I'm looking forward to sharing with you today a story from our book, Unborn, Untold, True Stories of Abortion and God's Healing Grace. Twelve moms, four dads, and one grieving grandma tell their stories of how abortion has impacted their lives. Not all of them chose to abort their child. Some chose life. But today's story is the grieving grandma story. It's the seventh story in the book. It is called Finding Joy, a grieving grandma's story. I dared not ask her anything. I noticed a tiny bump in her tummy as she stood at the kitchen sink, but I didn't want my daughter to think I was hinting that she was getting fat. She was at that stage where she and many of her friends were struggling with body image. I bit my tongue and didn't judge. Now I know that bump was my grandchild. My grandchild. Oh, if I had only known. My daughter shot a glance at me and our eyes met briefly. That glance now haunts me. It was one of appeal as if she was saying, Mom, don't you know? I want you to know, but I don't want to tell you. I want you to understand the conflict in me right now, but I dare not tell you. I've been having dreams at this time, two vivid dreams that I also look back on now and wonder if God was trying to tell me something. In fact, I question how I could even have dreams like these. Was my heart picking up on something and trying to tell my mind, or at least my spirit? In my first dream, I held a test tube into which a baby had been squished. I immersed the test tube in milk. After a few days, I took her out, but she had suffocated because of being in the milk too long. I tried to shake her out and get her back into shape while crying out to God to give her back life, but she was gone. In the dream, I knew in my heart I could have saved her if I had taken her out sooner when she was still breathing. But it was too late now. She was gone forever. The second dream was similar in that I was trying desperately to hold on to my baby boy while traveling in a car. But the road was steep and I couldn't hold on to him. A woman offered to hold him for me and then ate him. Doctors said they would give the lady medicine to help her give me back my baby. But there was something sinister about this lady. She cast a spell on the doctors 
and they were unable to make the medicine. So I couldn't get my baby back. He was gone. Strange dreams, I know, but both of them showed babies who were alive. Then something happened, and they died. I wailed and wailed in my dreams, begging God to bring them back to life. I know now that when I had these dreams, my daughter was six weeks pregnant, but I didn't have any clue at the time. Our kids went to spend the holidays with their grandparents. When I spoke to my mother, she mentioned that our daughter was sleeping a lot and wondered what was wrong with her. Before leaving, our daughter had been to the doctor and had given us an excuse for that visit. So we put her fatigue down to whatever that was. Or maybe she was being a typical teenager who likes to sleep in. Of course, we now know she was visiting the doctor because she was pregnant, and the tiredness was a result of that. But when you don't suspect something, you don't see all the clues. It was a hectic, stressful time for us, and it's hard in those kinds of times to do anything but simply try to cope. A friend who had noticed that our daughter was extra tired actually asked me if she could possibly be pregnant. I thought that was a ridiculous idea, but I asked my daughter anyway. She told me she was waiting for marriage, so I left it at that. Oh, why didn't I press further and bring the truth out into the open before the baby died? Why didn't my dreams speak to me louder or more clearly? How had I missed this moment? Opportunity presented itself, but opportunity was gone and lost forever. Irreversible, a life destroyed. Our kids came back after their time away with photos of themselves with my parents. I look at those photos now and think about how they are the only photos I have of my parents with a great-grandchild of theirs. Hidden inside our daughter's tummy, but nonetheless there in the photo with them. My parents didn't live to see the children that were eventually born to our kids, so that was the only time they met a great-grandchild. The photos sadden yet comfort me at the same time. A few weeks later, I saw a lot of blood in the main bathroom toilet. I assumed our daughter's period must have been heavy that month. I had no clue about the devastating situation she had been in and what the blood was really from. Yes, from her abortion, from the loss of her child, my grandchild, the aftermath of the destruction of our grandchild. It had taken my mother a long time to get pregnant with me. After I was born, she miscarried her second child, which she blamed herself for because someone came knocking at the door of their bed and breakfast, and she took them in despite how tired she was feeling. She told me how much she had cried at the loss. My father recounted that the doctor had handed him the baby, which was perfectly formed, and told him to put his son in the garbage. My parents did go on to have another child, but I have often wondered about my brother in heaven. I struggled to get pregnant too. Each month felt like a miscarriage when I was hoping so hard to be pregnant, but found out I wasn't. I always longed to have lots of children and grandchildren. 
Being able to have the children we do have is a blessing that I count every day. As it says in Proverbs 23, 18, there is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. I remember vividly the day three months after seeing that blood in the bathroom that our daughter came down the stairs in our home, her eyes teary. I asked her what was wrong, and she told me she had been raped. I hugged her tightly and tried to console her as she sobbed into my arms. I asked her if she had gotten pregnant or was worried about any diseases. At first, she had said she thought she was pregnant, but she wasn't. As we talked, though, she ended up telling me that she'd had an abortion. The pressure on her from society was so great that she felt she felt she couldn't possibly keep her baby. She also believed that she wasn't capable of having a child that would remind her of the rape. She wanted to go to court and charge the guy who had raped her. We did go, but unfortunately, it is incredibly difficult to bring about a conviction. Since there were no witnesses, it was his word against hers. The man went free. Our daughter kept crying, it's not fair. It's not fair. Another wound for her to bury deep within her soul. I cried. I wailed. I wailed. I howled. I couldn't stop crying for days on end after finding out about the abortion. I was paralyzed with grief. I didn't want to eat. I only wanted my grandchild. I pondered the tiny baby. What color of hair do you have? Are you a boy or a girl? What do you look like or dislike. I wanted to reverse time to go back to the weeks when my daughter was still pregnant and I had a chance to keep my grandchild alive. Tears welled up continually, even now as I write this so many years later. I wanted to go see my grandchild. I wanted to die and go see her in heaven. I couldn't wait another 40, 50, 60 years to meet her. I wanted nothing else. Nothing on this earth could bring me joy. I named my grandchild Joy. The grief, the hidden grief. Losing a child in any way is devastating, but not being able to openly grieve brings its own set of additional emotions and challenges, a heavier cross to bear. No flowers, no cards of condolences, no funeral, no graveside ceremony, nothing but a life extinguished as if it had never existed as if it had no soul, no reason to live, no value, nothing, except that it was everything to a grandmother who still openly weeps. Oh, my darling little grandchild, I see other children hugged by their grandmothers, but I'm denied that privilege with you. You were denied the privilege of being loved, of being held, of living your life. What did you do to deserve this? Time does heal. But time doesn't heal. Time goes on and we have to go on. We cope, but life is gray and no longer bright. Talk to anyone who has lost a child and they will tell you this is how it is. Those of us who have lost a grandchild through abortion can't even tell you. We grieve alone. By God's grace, the Lord sent someone from the pregnancy center into my path at my point of deepest despair. Someone who understood, who listened to me, who sympathized, offered me desperately needed support, encouragement, 
and advice and prayed with me. God met me at the time of my greatest need. When I was trying to get pregnant, I thought of those who had abortions as selfish, women who had lost their children by choice. I had no pity for them. After what happened with my daughter, I no longer see it that way. So many actually don't have a choice. They are as much victims as those who lose their babies to miscarriage or any other way. Many times, the circumstances surrounding their choice are such that they don't see any other way out, and support for them is often lacking. My overwhelming feelings were of unending, excruciating grief and the sense that nothing was worthwhile anymore. It could be a beautiful sunny day with lots of good things happening, but everything still felt senseless and meaningless. It was hard to feel good about anything since I was living life without my grandchild. Many times I unexpectedly burst into tears. I'd be carrying out some activity and think I was doing okay, then suddenly and without warning I would break down. Random thoughts would occur to me such as, The tree outside my window is alive, but my grandchild is not. What irony. It all felt so unfair. I talked with my doctor, who was also the one who sent my daughter for the abortion. She was surprised I had found out and related to me in seeing it as a baby. She had suggested to my daughter that she tell me about the pregnancy, but understandably, considering her position, I don't feel she really pushed for that. Even in my pain, I respected and emphasized that the difficult position my doctor had been in. She likely wanted to tell me, but her hands were tied, and she couldn't. Sadly, I don't believe that my daughter was given the option of an informed decision. Our doctor was quick to make a referral, which normally would be a good thing, but not in this case. She told me it would have been too emotional for my daughter to carry her baby, given that it was the result of a rape. That didn't comfort me. It wasn't her family she was talking about. It was mine, my flesh and blood, my grandchild. Why did that innocent baby have to pay the price of her father's sin with her life? Doesn't everyone sin? Maybe not rape, but other sins that don't result in the sacrifice of an innocent human life. My doctor also said that adoption is not as open as I might think. I totally disagree, but even if I hadn't been allowed to see my grandchild after she was placed for adoption, at least she would be alive and would have had the hope of a good life. Abortion didn't offer her that. I became adamant that abortion is so wrong, full of death and deceit, committing a sin in order to deal with sin. The doctor attempted to assure me that it would be better when our daughter had a child out of love in the future. But how does another grandchild replace the one who died? It doesn't. We love each of the grandchildren we now have, but none replaces the ones we've lost, and none removes the pain of those losses. My doctor asked me what I would have done if I had known before our daughter had the abortion. I actually fear that I might have allowed my daughter to terminate the pregnancy, not knowing what I know now. And that is the crux of the problem. That is what we don't know about the after effects of abortion is what leads to so much misery. 
I now understand that the psychological after effects are real. I determined to work with my local pregnancy center to help bring knowledge and information to girls who found themselves pregnant and who were trying to decide what to do. I will bear the scars of what happened to my daughter and to her unborn child my whole life. As a Christian, I cling to my faith and the support and love I receive from my Lord and Savior. I long to hold my grandchild, to snuggle her, to tell her that Grandma loves her. One day, I will. For now, I rest in the knowledge that she is greatly loved by a God who is infinite love and who will redeem all things. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Psalm 42, verse 5. I held a lot of anger towards my daughter for what she had done in taking my grandchild from me. A few weeks after I found out about the abortion, I was listening to worship music. The lyrics talked about how Jesus comforts the brokenhearted, the discarded. I started to cry again, not for myself this time, but for my daughter. The rage inside me turned into compassion. The Holy Spirit filled me with such love for my daughter that it was overwhelming. I experienced a complete 180-degree turn, a miraculous sovereign healing by God. It was amazing and beautiful. I had such compassion for my daughter, for what she'd had to go through. I grieved with her and for her. What terrible pain she must have been in. What had she had to endure all alone as she attempted to deal with her grief, her mixed-up emotions, and the terrible situation she found herself in? My heart ached for her. Every one of us has been forgiven so much. How can we not forgive others? I forgave her completely. My heart had been broken, and from then on I knew I needed to be loving and supportive. A few months later, I had the most wonderful dream. My husband and I were so, so happy. A baby was greeting us, reaching out to us, and exuberant to be with us. The child belonged to me completely, although I hadn't given birth to her. She wore a dress that I changed before wrapping her in the yellow blanket I had used to bring our daughter home from the hospital. Her bright blonde hair matched the blanket, and she looked so beautiful. Somehow I knew deep inside that this dream was to let me know that one day I would see my grandchild. Still, the pain continued. Life is a mix of pain and joy, disaster and hope, trouble and redemption. Our daughter went on to have a second abortion, as apparently many do, and again without our knowledge. How could I be so blind a second time? I grieved for my second grandchild that I would never see in this life. Somehow, though, the knowledge that I had lost a second grandchild didn't hit me as hard as it had the first time. Was I becoming callous? Are we all becoming callous to the extinction of little ones as abortion is now so commonplace? I took this second loss in stride, or maybe more in denial is the better way to say it, as if it didn't happen, trying to hide the fact so I didn't feel the pain all over again. But dear grandson, you did exist. Was your life any less precious than any other grandchild? Are you any less loved? Absolutely not. 
On some level, did I believe I didn't deserve a grandchild because I haven't stopped the first one from leaving this earth so prematurely? Was I guilty of either of their deaths in some way? What did I do wrong? Guilt, shame, and self-blame attempted to attach themselves to me. Abortion is not only destructive to the baby, but also to mothers, fathers, families, and the whole of society. The damage manifests in so many ways in the days, months, and years that follow. I have had help to deal with the pain and loss, and so has my daughter. This help was available through Christian organizations. If abortion wasn't seen as so right, and such an indisputable right in our society, but truly understood for what it is, would there be more openness to discuss it and more help available? If there was, then there would be less of a chance of people like myself and my daughter walking around with such hidden, suppressed grief. Grief that tends to surface at unexpected times and in ways that aren't healthy. If a woman faced with an unplanned pregnancy could be treated, helped, and supported in the same way as someone struggling with an addiction, a mental illness, or any other condition that causes pain, then our society would benefit and people would be healthier. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Revelation 21, verses 4 and 5. And I want to thank Grieving Grandma for making her contribution to our book, Unborn, Untold, True Stories of Abortion and God's Healing Grace. Why don't you get your copy of Unborn? Stories such as these are such help to those who are walking through the dark times. And there's light at the end of the tunnel. In every story, there is hope. I pray that you have been blessed by this story and by the courageous willingness of so many people to write their stories for us to know more about the pain of abortion and the after effects. I pray that you'll tune in again next time. As we close off today, I invite you to be part of the Unborn Movement. There are several ways to be involved. Why not join the Unborn Movement Facebook page, get involved in a local pregnancy center, or start the conversation in your church, providing a safe place for stories to be told. For there is a lot of pain in the pews. Find out more about our ministry at wordstoinspire.ca or contact me, Ruth, at wordstoinspire.ca. Until next time, I'm Ruth Coghill for the Unborn Movement. Bye for now.